0: all right what up welcome back episode 15 already episode 15 of the wide right podcast I'm your host, Ryan Honey, as always, of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Hope everyone had a good holiday, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa. Hope everyone had a great couple of days, great holiday, spending time with family, friends, loved ones. Um, coming to you Thursday. It's Thursday, December 26th, day after Christmas. Uh, obviously, I know I usually rec- usually record on Tuesdays but with Christmas Eve and everything and you know just the general you know having to do everything with the holidays going to shop going to family parties and events you know didn't have a lot of time so but now I do Christmas is over and I'm back so gonna get into recapping the Giants win of course they won because they lost the you know Whoever lost that game was going to get Chase Young probably in the draft. And of course, it's not the Giants because um, nothing can really work out. But nonetheless, they have momentum going into the final week of the year 31, 41 to 35 victory over the Washington Redskins, their second win over the Redskins this year. So they swept them. Um, talking about that game, uh, going to be getting into the Flip Cup video that went viral with Eli. Manning and Daniel Jones and then as always we'll be previewing the week 17 matchup uh, between the Giants and Eagles this coming Sunday and um, I want to start with this so obviously it was Daniel Jones's first game back after being hurt for two straight games remember he had he suffered the high ankle sprain against Green Bay missed the loss again lost to the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday On the Monday night game, which was uh, three weeks ago at this point almost. And he missed the win over Miami, which was the team's first win since September 29th. So, looking at him in this game, in this win over Washington, obviously I understand if a lot of Giants fans wanted this team to lose in order to get a better draft pick. I get that. Totally understand that. Chase Young's a generational talent. Um, He's definitely someone that's not going to... You know, slip to number four, which is the pick that the Giants have right now, I believe. Um, so I understand if you wanted the Giants to lose this game. However, it was very exciting and relieving to see Jones come back from an ankle injury in which he sat out for two straight games, didn't play for three weeks, come into this game against a division rival on the road against what, could be, Another quarterback that could be linked to him for his entire career, Dwayne Haskins. Because many Giants fans think the Giants, think the Giants should have drafted Haskins over Jones. Many fans thought they would draft Haskins with that number six pick. With all of that, Daniel Jones was able to come in and throw career-high five touchdowns. First year in the league, he's already thrown five touchdowns in a game. I don't think Eli threw five touchdowns in a game since... Until 2012. So that was what? His ninth year in the league? It took Eli nine years. Yeah, I think it was week 17, 2012 against the Eagles It was the first time he threw five touchdown passes in a game. I'm pretty sure. So it took Eli nine years to throw five touchdown passes in a game. It took Daniel Jones 16 weeks. So the fact that he was able to come back from the injury and have a career day is very exciting when you consider the future. Obviously, some people don't believe he's the answer. You know, the turnovers and, you know, the team is still losing and this and that. But with this game alone and with this performance, despite it being against a putrid Washington defense, should get fans extremely excited for the future with this this guy at the quarterback position. Should get fans extremely excited. I'm excited. Seeing Jones go out there, for, throw five touchdown passes on the road, no interceptions, uh, 352 yards, 28 for 42, 132.1 quarterback rating. That gets me excited. Forget podcasting, forget writing, forget anything. Just as a fan, that gets me hype for the future of this organization. At least gets me hype for the future of Daniel Jones. But some other numbers, so I just... Jones obviously had a great game, as I just said, as I just mentioned, the statistics. Um, four different players caught touchdown passes. So Cody Latimer caught one. Um, he had five receptions, 44 yards. Shepard, Sterling Shepard caught one, six for 76 yards. Uh, Saquon had a touchdown catch, four for 90, four receptions for 90 yards. And tight end Caden Smith, who is the third string tight end due to injuries to Evan Engram and Rhett Ellison. Uh, had two two touchdown receptions, including the one in overtime. He had six receptions total for thirty five yards. And uh, another thing that I'm excited about, and not, I'm not just excited about Daniel Jones. I'm excited about it. It's now becoming clear that it was the injury. It was indeed the injury that was holding Saquon Barkley back this year. It wasn't because he, you know. He was just having a rough year, was struggling. It wasn't because defenses figured him out or anything, and he couldn't surpass that. He's now been back to his old self for the last two weeks. And this past game had, what, 279, 279 yards from scrimmage, almost 300 yards from scrimmage? I don't care if that's, again, again, against a putrid Washington defense. I don't care. The fact that you could be sort of. I don't want to say criticize because a lot of people knew he was hurt, but sort of have that rough of a season this year, coming off of a sensational rookie year, and then sort of, I guess, gain some doubters and gain some haters because of it. Not haters, but gain some sort of critics because of the rough season. And then come out here and gain 279 scrimmage yards. That gets me excited. That shows me that it was the injury, it wasn't Barkley, it wasn't, you know, him, defenses figuring figuring him out and him not being able to respond to that. It was clear now that it was the injury that was slowing him down. So now as long as he's healthy, he's going to be the team's best offensive weapon. He's going, going to be the team's best weapon, period. I mean, 22 carries, 189 yards, a touchdown, four receptions, 90 yards, a touchdown through the air. I mean, that's, that's as, that's as, you know, fantasy players would say, that is a fantasy day. That is a fantastic fantasy day. 279 yards from scrimmage is unheard of. And this guy who's dealt with, you know, doubters and critics all year, and has dealt with a bad ankle injury all year, was able to get that done. It's another thing that's making me excited. These two weapons, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, these two weapons are making me as a fan excited and should be making every fan excited. Again, it doesn't matter if it's against a bad defense. The fact that these two can work together, the fact that these two can succeed together, and the fact that this offense can return to running the offense to, this team can return to running the offense to Saquon Barkley is especially huge for Daniel Jones and his development. Because if you don't have a good running game, it's very tough for a quarterback's development. A good running game, like what the Giants have with Saquon Barkley, is going to take a whole lot of pressure off of Daniel Jones. I don't care if the season hasn't gone great. Those two guys, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, with what they are able to do against Washington, should get fans very excited. Because I get it's the end of the season. But momentum is a huge thing in the NFL. And these last, and this, these last two games for Barkley, and this last game for Jones, is going to contribute to either player's momentum, which would contribute, which would contribute to the entire team's momentum going forward. I expect a lot out of these two in 2020. Should be exciting. Um. So in this game, the offensive line actually played better, only allowed one sack, uh, allowed 2.7 sacks per game prior to this win, which is putrid, but, um. But still, much of the same with the secondary. Secondary was not great. I mean, allowed Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins Haskins to combine for 291 yards and three touchdowns. How in the world are you allowing Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins to sort of tear you apart? No picks. They didn't force any picks. 291 yards and three touchdowns. Obviously, hassan has got hurt right at the end, right at the beginning of the third quarter. So Keenum had to relieve him and finish the game. But you have to see, like, just some of the different guys they have playing out there. I mean, it's making Dave Gettleman look real bad right now. This secondary alone is making Dave Gettleman look real bad. So Antoine Bethea allowed a touchdown. Corey Ballantyne allowed two touchdowns. Corey Corey Ballantyne was bad in this game. Bad. He got burned in the third quarter by Steven Sims Jr. For a touchdown. Burned again by him. Also in the third quarter on a third and four pass. That should have been a touchdown. He was wide open. Keenum overthrew him just a little bit. Um, Was beat on a big play by Sims again. The first play of that final regulation drive for the Redskins ended up tying the game at 35. The first play of that drive, backed up on their own goal line, he was burned by Sims again, and it helped set up Washington to tie it and send it to overtime. He also had an awful pass interference on that same drive, that same final drive. Awful pass interference in the right side of the end zone. That set up a first and goal for the Redskins. It was an awful pass interference. Awful, like pushed the dude. Like pushed him like ball was it looked like it looked like the pass interference in the NFC Championship game last year between the Rams the Rams and the Saints. The no-call. The no-call pass interference. That's what it sort of looked like. And of course, Ballantin is like hands up in the air, like what do you mean? What, th- what kind of call is that? It was such an obvious and awful pass interference. And it set up the Redskins to punch it in and tie the game. Case Keenum ran to the outside for a touchdown. After a review, they thought he fumbled after a review. He, it was clear he, ca- he crossed the goal line. And they tied the game. But it was set up by the awful pass interference from Corey Ballantyne. Corey Ballantyne was the least valuable player in this game. You got a player of the game award? He was the opposite. So, I, it, sh- it goes to show how much of a team sport football is. You can have these great weapons offensively, like Daniel Jones at Saquon Barkley having career days. You know, Jones throwing five touchdowns, Barkley gaining almost 300 yards from scrimmage. But then there's always one aspect of the game that could screw that over. The secondary was the aspect. If the Giants lost this game, it would have been on the secondary. And it would have made... And then, it would, then we would be saying, oh, Jones had a big day, Barkley had a big day, but they didn't win, so who cares? If that, were, if that were to happen, it would have been on the secondary. The secondary could have lost this game for the Giants. As they've done numerous times throughout this entire year. Another thing, I think I would take Hayden Smith right now over Evan Ingram. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I, I really would. Engram is very injury-prone He'll have missed, when this season's over, so he's on IR, he had surgery, glad it went well, obviously glad the surgery went well, hopefully he's good to go for the 2020 season. Um, I think he will be, um, but he he's very injury prone. By the end of this year, he'll have missed 14 games in his career. He's only played in, the only possible amount of games he could have played in is 48. Right, sixteen times sixteen times three, three years he's been in the league, forty-eight. So he's, he'll have missed fourteen out of forty-eight games, which is nearly thirty percent. That's almost a, almost an entire season too, almost an entire season. He'll have missed out of three years, so near nearly thirty percent of games he's missed. Caden Smith thus thus far is a third-string tight end coming in for the injured Engram, the injured Red Allison. He's shown that he has a connection with Jones and he can get open in the big moments. He had a touchdown in the third quarter of this game and had the game-winning touchdown in overtime. He's he's cool, calm, and collective in the clutch, it seems. He can get open in the big moments and make the big plays in the big moments. As we all saw this past Sunday. Right now, I think I take Hayden Smith over Evan Ingram. Just saying. Long term, I think I'd take Caden Smith. You know, who knows if he's as injury prone as Engram. He hasn't really played as much to for us to know that. But he he's bigger than Engram. He's more physical. Obviously, he's not as, as athletic or versatile. But this doesn't need to be the most athletic or versatile position. This doesn't need to be an athletic position. It's great to, to have an athlete like Engram on that spot, but... When you're not when you're getting hurt all the time, what does it matter? What good is it for? I think I take Hayden Smith over Ingram right now for the long term. Just saying. That's just that's just what I'm saying, December 26, twenty nineteen. Could change next year. Could absolutely change. You know, what really lasts in this league? This league is always changing. But right now I think I take Hayden Smith over Evan Engram. Um, but overall, the giant the Giants deserved to win this game. They were the better team uh outgained out gained them through the air, outgained Washington through the air on the ground, uh converted 28 first downs to compared to the Redskins 25. Um, they were the better team in this one, which was pretty much why they were able to come out with the victory and thus lose Chase Young in the process because why should anything really work out? Um, but uh, moving on from that game, I want to talk before I get to the Eagles preview, want to talk. I love the video of Eli and Daniel and Daniel Jones, uh, out playing flip cup. Um, I think it's great. I mean, like, you know, big win against Washington, not big win. I mean, they're neither team is making the playoffs by a long shot, but you know, every, I feel like every division in division win, is a big win for any team. Uh, no matter how good you are. Or how bad you are. Um, so they went and celebrated. And it was. You know. Obviously either. It's funny because. Neither quarterback seems like the partying type. I don't know if anybody noticed this. But in one of the videos. The one where they you see them playing flip cup. Not the one where they're dancing around or anything. But the one where they're actually playing flip cup. You could totally tell Eli cheated. If you look at his cup. He like flips it. It doesn't land upright, doesn't land on, you know, upside down, what it's supposed to do. And it just kind of, you know, landed on its side and he grabbed it with his hand and then placed it upside down. He he cheated. But, I mean, it's Eli, so who cares? One week left with the Giants, one week left as an NFL athlete, maybe, he can do whatever he wants, okay? He wants to cheat a flip cup and then, you know, Blame Daniel Jones for his their team losing in Flip Cup? Do it. You know, who cares? I thought the video was great, though. Uh, it's definitely a video that, like, Mike Francesa wouldn't like or love. Um, he would definitely have something to say about it on his radio show. Um, actually, I don't know if that started up yet, because he's was off the air and now he's going back for, like, the 6 to 6.30 slot or something, or doing stuff with Radio.com. I don't know. But it's definitely... Wherever he is, or whoever he's talking to, or if he's talking to into a mic or not, definitely a video that I don't think Mike Franceso would like, um, but like everyone else would. He would have a problem with it, but like everyone else would love it, and they should. It's a it's a funny video. I mean, neither quarterback seems like they're the partying type, so to see them out partying after a, um, win over the Redskins is, I love it. I really do. Um, all right, so gonna be getting into previewing the Giants' final game of the regular season. Cannot believe that it's already over. I mean, it's crazy. I feel like yesterday we were watching the Giants lose to the Cowboys Week One. And that was before I even started this podcast. Um, can't believe it's already the last game of the regular season. I'll be going. I'm going to the game. First Giants game I'll be going to in five years, I believe. Yeah, I think five years. December, I think it was December of 2014, November or December of 2014, I believe I went. It was, um, they beat the Redskins, forget the score. I remember Odell at three touchdowns, but that's the last game I was at. Um, for my senior year of high school, I, then I left for college, and so I wasn't around to go to any games for, you know, four years for the most part. So, um, excited to go to this one. Uh, I understand, let me start with this. I understand if you want the Giants to win. Because you should want your favorite team to win. You should want your favorite team to win games, especially at the end, of, even at the end of the year when it's, you know, you're not making the playoffs, at least to have some sort of momentum going into the following season. As I said earlier, momentum is huge in the NFL. I understand if you want the Giants to win this week to gain momentum, you know, three game win three game win streak to end the year. But I also understand if you want them to lose for a better draft pick. Obviously I don't think they're going to get Chase Young right now but I don't know I don't know what pick they would get if they were to win this game yeah if they were to win this game I don't know what pick they would get right now I believe they have the 4th pick but I am not entirely sure you know it depends on how other teams do as well this week so if they win I they would probably get a pick that's you know higher than, a fourth, than the number four overall pick, or lower. I mean, they, they would get like the seventh or eighth pick, I believe, or something like that, instead of the fourth pick. So I understand if you want this team to lose. I really do. And the fact that a lot of fans have wanted them to lose more than they've wanted them to win these past few years is the organization's fault. Okay? if I I a lot of fans have found themselves wanting this team to lose more than they want them to win, you know, starting in 2017, when the losing ways really took a turn I mean, the losing ways from like tw- 2012 to 2015, that was like seven wins, six w- Yeah, I believe seven and nine, six and ten, six and ten were Tom Coffin's final three years. Now it's like fans would kill for a seven-win season. So the fact that like a lot of fans have found themselves wanting this team to lose more than they want them to win these past, free- this pa- these past couple years, that's the organization's fault. The organization is at fault for letting it get to that point. So, I understand both sides. I understand if you want them to win. I understand if you want them to lose. But as for myself, again, going away from podcasting, going away from, going away from writing, just as a fan, from a fan standpoint, I hope they win this game by 100. Because here's, here's what will happen. If the Giants win, Giants beat the Eagles this Sunday, and the Cowboys beat the Redskins, which I believe they will, I believe the Cowboys will win and I believe the Giants could win. Philly's not that great. They're good. I mean, they're leading the division right now. They're at 8 they're at 8 and 7, but they're at at 8 and 7. It's not like they're, you know, 10 and 5 right now. It's not like they're 11 and 4 or 12 they're 8 and 7. Yeah, they're the best team in the division, but this division is awful. So, I mean, they're about to have this division may have Half of their teams in the top five in the draft, so it's Philly's not that fantastic of a team if but if the Giants win and the Cowboys win, the Cowboys would win the division. Yeah, I get it's a win win lose lose type of situation with you know either the Cowboys or Eagles are winning the, winning the division and getting into the playoffs. but I would much rather the Cowboys get in because if they do. Maybe they keep Jason Garrett for another year. Maybe they sign him to like a two year deal or something. Maybe they keep him around. I want the Cowboys to make the playoffs and then maybe win the first game. But then obviously lose the second. But maybe win the first game. Because if they keep, if they go at least make some sort of progress into the playoffs and then they. You know, win the first playoff game. Maybe they do keep Jason Garrett around. Isn't that what Giants fans want? Is don't Giants fans and all the other fan and, you know Eagles fans and obviously Eagles don't want them to win this weekend. But like, don't the fans of the Cowboys rivals want Jason Garrett to stick around? He's a very he's a monotone head coach that is not up to just has doesn't seem like he has any sort of urgency this organization has remained stagnant they're a typical like 8 and 8 organization which is what if they were to win on sunday that's exactly what they'll finish as 8 and 8 so i would much rather the cowboys win the division and make the playoffs just for the possibility of them bringing jason garrett back also eagles fans are like the worst too i think eagles fans are worse, worse than cowboy fans um i, I just i would rather the Cowboys make into the playoffs and the Eagles. I don't even think Cowboy fans wanted them to get into the playoffs. I I think they want I think they legitimately don't want to make the playoffs so it's a done deal that Garrett's out. I think their only goal their goal isn't to win a Super Bowl right now. I think their only goal right now is to have Jason Garrett be fired. Like I actually I, I honestly think that. And if they don't make it into the playoffs, that's what's happened. That's what will happen. But if they do and they pop and they win the first playoff game If they make it into the playoffs, I think they'll have to win at least one playoff game for him to, you know, come back. If they make the playoffs and then lose in the first round, the Cowboys do, I think they may say goodbye to Garrett. But if they win one playoff game, maybe he sticks around. I mean, that's kind of what we want as Giant fans. But if, so if the Giants want to win this game, though, if the Giants want to beat this Eagles team for the first time since November, I believe, of 2016, so long. Um, they're going to need to force the passing game to beat them. This team has no receivers. Their best one is their tight end, Zach Ertz, who's dealing with a rib injury right now. Big Blue needs to force Carson Wentz to put the ball in his receiver's hands, or at least attempt to. If they contain Ertz, if they're able to contain Zach Ertz, this Giants defense, if they're able to contain him and the running game, and force Wentz and the receivers to beat them, the Giants will be successful on the defensive side of the ball. The Eagles' three leading receivers are two tight ends and a running back. Zach Ertz, 916 yards in the year. Dallas Goddard, tight end, 542 yards. Their backup tight end is their second leading receiver. And Miles Sanders, 510 yards. Alshon Jeffrey only has 490 yards on the air receiving. Nelson Aguilar, 363 yards. These receivers aren't that talented. And it's a depleting receiver group. A lot of them have been hurt like, throughout this year. A lot of them have missed games. Make them beat you. That is their weakness right now on the offensive side of the ball. Their receivers. Make their receivers beat you. Make Carson Force Carson Wentz to look towards his receivers. If... You know, if if you force Carson Wentz to try to find his receivers to throw to, if you sort of take Zacharis out of the game, take the running game out of the game, the Giants will be successful on the defensive side of the ball. You gotta force gotta force these receivers to beat you. On when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, Saquon Barkley is back, back to his old self. Utilize him. To the and maximize his talent and potential and run the offense through him. I say this all the time. Run the offense through Saquon Barkley. And you know what? It's Pat Shermer's last game. He's getting fired on Monday. It's a done deal. If they win this game, they win the last three games. I don't think he's staying. They go. They they win this game, so they win the last three games of the year. I still don't think he's staying. He could pull out. He could pull out all the stops. He could pull out all the tricks. It's his last game, most likely, as a head coach and offensive play caller for the Giants, at least. So it'll be interesting to see what Shermer sort of does with the offense in this game. But if anything, run it through Saquon Barkley. Use him in the passing game like you get like you did against Washington. Um, just run the offense through him. It'll lead to it'll lead to success. It'll lead to pressure being taken off of your rookie quarterback. Um, don't. That that's a tough situation when you're forcing Daniel Jones to take the heavy load. Run the offense to Barkley. Take pressure off of Jones. It should work wonders for this offense. The big question is, though, will they play Eli in this game? So it's his last game. Um, You know, definitely it's his last game as a Giant. I don't know if he'll play next year or if he'll retire. You know, it's, he, he hasn't exact. I don't know if, he hasn't made that decision clear yet to the public or the media or anything like that. But should they, will they play him? I don't know. I think it depends on the situation. I think, you know, the farewell after the Miami game was a very great moment. You know, you could say, you know, don't screw it up by putting him in against Philly, the even though it's his last game as a Giant. Um and you know, what if he what if it goes bad, and all of a sudden that's how it ends instead of how it ended against Miami. I get that. I get if you want the farewell to Miami and against Miami to be the last moment of him playing as a Giant. I get it. I get if that's what you want. It was a great moment. Why screw it up? I understand that. But it's his last game. It's his la- like I don't want this dude to be the quarterback for 16 years and in the last game of his career, he doesn't even take a snap. That's just so weird to me, and I'm definitely not the only one who thinks that. But then, then again, it depends on the situation of the game. If they're up by a lot or down by a lot, maybe throw him in for a series or a kneel down at the end. You know, another standing ovation as he runs off the field, and you know, happy trails, this and that, farewell. But if it's a close game at the end, this coaching staff is going to want to play Jones. They're going to want to give him that you know, experience that late game division rival. You know, he hasn't played against Philly yet in his career. He was hurt the first game a couple weeks ago. The coaching staff, if if it's a close game, they're going to want to give Daniel Jones that experience of a late game situation against a division rival, final week of the year. So if it's a close game, I don't think they play Eli. I think they keep Jones in. But if it's not a close game, Maybe they throw Eli in there for a series. I don't think they'll like put him in the sec, the whole like second half or anything like that. Or um, he's definitely not starting the game. But I, I, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's basically one of the big reasons I'm going to this game. You know, it, it it's his last game. I went to his first preseason game at the old Giants Stadium when I was like six or seven. I believe I think I was seven. So I thought it was fitting that I go to his final game at. MetLife Stadium. So, wearing... I'll be there wearing an Eli Manning Ole Miss jersey. Given to me by my roommate from college. Um, And I'm excited. It's going to be... Should be a fun time. I haven't been there in five years. I haven't been to MetLife in five years. And I'm endorsing a Giants win. Uh, There, I said... I think this... I believe with the momentum this organization has had the last two games... They could absolutely oust this Philly team. But Philly also has momentum. They've won three in a row. They just came off a huge win against Dallas that basically, you know, decides the division for right now. Obviously, these two games, the Washington-Dallas game and then the Giants-Eagles game are big ones for, you know, either Philly and, for both Philly and Dallas, but Philly's got some momentum, especially coming off that big win against Dallas, but... I believe that the Giants just follow through on the keys to the victory. Force, you know, contain Zach Ertz, contain the running game. Let the receivers for Philly beat you because they haven't been great all year and they're depleting they're depleting group. And then on the offensive side of the ball, run the, you know, run the game plan through Saquon Barkley. The game plan should be Saquon Barkley. Should run through Saquon. Take the pressure off of Jones. If they do, if they follow through on the keys to victory, I, I think they could be... The Eagles, especially in front of this home crowd, um, you know, final game of the year, final game at MetLife Stadium of the year, uh, Eli's last game as a Giant, you know, a lot of emotions. I think the Giants can win this game, and they should win this game. Wouldn't it be great? They they didn't beat the Eagles. Let's see. So they didn't beat them late 2016. No, both times and twice. So yeah, they've they they've lost the last six meetings against the Eagles. 0-6 oh, in their last six meetings with the Eagles. It would be great if they could turn that around in Eli's last game. That would be fantastic. And I hope it happens. And all Giants fans should hope it happens. I, under- I mean, I get if you want them to lose for a better draft pick. But when you're not getting Chase Young, I mean, does it really make a difference? <laughs> so. All right. Um, that's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, next week will be the final episode of the uh, 2019 regular season. But. Obviously, since even though the season's over, we're not going to stop there. I'm mean, going to be still doing a podcast every single week. Um, or when it gets to a sort of a dead time of the year in the NFL, you know, after the playoffs or free agency, this and that. Maybe do one every other week. Still got to figure that out, but that's down the road. But again, thanks for tuning in. Again, my name, um, my name is Ryan Honey. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. And I'll talk to you guys next week.